and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the second episode of regulatory radio season three in the previous seasons we talked about diverse topics under the scope of regulatory affairs and received a lot of love and support from our global audiences hi i'm mohammed wasi akhtar hi i'm esther brown stay tuned ladies and gentlemen on regulatory radio in today's episode we will be discussing the generic drug user fee amendments also popularly known as gdufa along with prescription drugs user fee act under the food and drug administration reauthorization act fdara of the us fda for generic and innovator drug products i'm mohammed wasi akhtar i have the practice pre-sales and solutions for medicinal product at freya and I'm pleased to welcome our esteemed guest for today, Esther Brown. She is a director at Freya with 20 years of experience in business development and various other strategic roles with more than six years as a commercial business partner in the life sciences industry. Esther is well positioned to leverage Freya's global regulatory solution services and technology innovations towards achieving client goals and requirements at Freya. Welcome back, Esther. How are you doing today? Hi, Wasi. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great too, Esther. Thank you for asking. I believe this episode is very crucial for generic as well as innovator applicants pursuing entry into the U.S. market. What are your initial thoughts about GDUFA? Yes, Wasi. After an overview of drug application in the previous episode, I believe generic drug user fee amendments seems like the next topic to discuss due to its close association with market entry. Also, since generics contribute to almost 80% of the drug sales in the United States, it will indeed be interesting to understand the regulations around them. So Esther, why was there a need for GDUFA? Since we see many regulations and amendments are connected with historic events, does GDUFA have a similar story? There was no major story behind the amendments establishment, but prior to the enactment of GDUFA, the FDA lacked the resources to keep pace with an increasing number of ANDAs submitted for review and foreign facilities making generic drugs, resulting in a backlog of ANDAs. Hence, in 2012, GDUFA was enacted as Title III of the FDA's Safety and Innovation Act. Got it, Esther. But how did the establishment of another committee for genetics help the entire functioning of the FDA? Setting up GDUFA gave FDA an additional source of revenue via user fees paid by generic drug companies to support FDA generic drug review and related activities. In exchange for fee revenue, FDA agreed to meet certain performance goals as negotiated by the agency and the generic drug industry. This amendment addresses many generic activities like review of generic drug submissions such as ANDAs and drug master files, issuance of letters of approval and complete response letters, inspections of generic drug facilities, monitoring of research conducted in connection with the review of generic drug submissions, post-market safety activities related to adverse event reporting, and regulatory science activities related to generic drugs. That's like maintaining an overview of the entire generics life cycle. What can we learn about the PDUFA amendments? Well, to start with, the Prescription Drug User Fee Act, PDUFA, 
was created by Congress in 1992 and authorizes FDA to collect fees from companies that produce certain human drugs and biological products. Since the passage of PDUFA, user fees have played an important role in expediting the drug approval process. Like the GDUFA, PDUFA is set to be reauthorized every five years. What is the vision set by FDA while setting up the PDUFA? PDUFA was passed in order to shorten the length of time from a manufacturer's submission of a NDA or a BLA to an FDA decision, approval, or a licensure. Congress has created three kinds of user fees for PDUFA and requires that they each make up one-third of the total fees collected. I strongly believe the establishment of PDUFA was due to the AIDS epidemic around the early 1990s. What can we conclude uh, from that tragedy? It was truly a difficult time for the health authority and the afflicted. The patients perceived the delays in approval to be responsible for the deaths of thousands of patients suffering from the disease. Applications for new medicines often ran into hundreds of thousands of typewritten pages and languished for 20 to 30 months awaiting review. There was no technology-based software during the time to assist in fast-track approval. The incident set in motion a cascade of events which further translated to an unprecedented collaboration between regulators, industry, and advocates. The PDUFA signed into law on October 29, 1992, revolutionized the FDA's review process. For the first time, the federal agency would be capable of and publicly accounted for speeding patient access to new, potentially life-saving medicines. It is a compelling and, and critical beginning to PDUFA. What was the impact of the act being signed into a law? The first version of PDUFA, PDUFA 1, helped clear the bottleneck with 33% more medicines approved year-on-year post-1992, a 77% increase in FDA new drug review staff, a 50% reduction in median review time for drug applications, and two years shaved off the waiting time for priority medicines from 30 months down to six months. That's quite an uh, improvement, Esther. It seems like with PDUFA, the foundation for modern medicines approval and regulations was set in place? Agreed, Wasi. But as you know, science and technology do not sit still. There is always an enormous scope of improvement. Nearly 29 years since PDUFA was first conceived, the act has evolved into an essential mechanism for keeping the FDA nimble and effective. Absolutely, Esther. But what were these significant changes? Uh, in by the FDA through this PDUFA? There are multiple changes, Wasi. Since 1992, the revision every five years have evolved the regulatory space altogether. PDUFA 1 focused on shortening the NDA review. Initially, user fees could be allocated only towards activities necessary for the review of human drug applications and supplements. PDUFA 2 broadened user fees to fund activities related to preclinical and clinical trial phases of new drugs development. PDUFA 3 extended them further to fund reviews of post-market safety information for the first three years after approval. PDUFA 4 lifted the three-year limit and broadened the post-approval activities covered by user fees to encompass the development of adverse event reporting systems, management of adverse event data, 
and enforcement of FDA requirements such as post-marketing trials, labeling changes, and risk evaluation and mitigation strategies. It's quite an evolution with every changing amendment. Thanks for elaborating on PDUFA and JDUFA. Not a problem, Wasi. This is a very interesting and important topic. Thank you for having me on the show. Always welcome, Esther. After exploring, ladies and gentlemen, PDUFA and GDUFA within the US FDA, stay tuned on Regulatory Radio for an engaging conversation on all things regulatory. See you next time.